The Daily Buzz. I'm Becky Jacobs. If you've ever worried about who you were going to meet up with from a dating app, now for $5, you can search Utah's online court records. The law to make the records more accessible to the public was created during last year's general session, and the website is now operational. Check out exchange.utcourts.gov to give it a try. Next, Grant Burningham talks with Brian Schott about the Republican National Committee's winter meeting in Salt Lake City and the party's decision to censor two of their own. Talking to me now about the RNC resolution called the January 6th riots. Legitimate political discourse is Brian Schott, who was actually at the RNC today. Brian, thanks for joining us. So a couple of things happened at the RNC on Friday. The big one was this resolution on January 6th. Why don't you tell me a little bit about that? Well, what happened was um, it initially was uh, put forward by David Bossie. He is uh, one of the state party chairmen who was in town for the Republican National Committee's winter meeting. Um, and the original version of this re- resolution was much stronger than what they ended up with. It essentially called for the expulsion of Representatives Liz Cheney and Adam Kissinger from the Republican Party for their participation on the January 6th com- committee or the committee that is investigating uh, the attempted insurrection on January 6th. Um, They met Wednesday and Thursday behind closed doors and uh, really watered it down quite a bit so that it turned into a censure of the two of them where the uh, the party is no longer going to support them going forward. You wonder how much weight that actually has. Kinzinger is not running for re-election to Congress next year. Cheney does have a prime primary challenger in Wyoming. It's uncertain how that's going to go. But uh, so they ended up passing this resolution. Now, tucked into it, it describes the committee as a Democrat-led persecution of people who were engaging in legitimate political discourse. The thing I've learned about resolutions, especially when it comes to ones passed by political parties, every single word is negotiated. Nothing is in there by accident. Now, Republican leaders are pushing back against this, trying to clarify and saying that they uh, this doesn't mean anybody who was involved in the riot or engaged in violence uh, on J- January 6th. But the overall effect of that one sentence towards the end of the, the resolution says that the official position of the Republican Party is that what happened on January 6th and everything leading up to it was legitimate political dis- discourse. So Utah's Mitt Romney occupies a unique spot in the Republican Party. How has he reacted to this? How have other congressional delegates from Utah reacted? And have we seen any local politician reaction? I haven't seen any local politician reaction. Um, what uh, what happened almost almost immediately after the vote is Utah GOP Chairman Carson Jorgensen spoke with with the media. He said that he agreed with the censure part of it. I don't think a lot of people at that point realized there was the line about. Uh, a legitimate political dis- discourse in there. I've reached out to him to try to clarify whether he supports that part of it. I have not heard back from him. Um, but uh, a lot of people are staying away from this. In terms of Mitt Romney, there's a couple of interesting things here. First of all, his niece, Rona Romney McDaniel, is the chairman of the Republican National Committee. So she's the leader of the Republican Party. She dropped the Romney at the behest of former President Donald Trump, who is not a big fan of Mitt Romney. 
Romney's. Romney uh, spoke out against the, the censure on Twitter, basically saying it was a cowardly act. Romney is very good. He picks his spots when he's going to talk about something. He doesn't get involved in the day to day or what the controversy of the day is. But the fact that he spoke out about this uh, says quite a bit. I don't think he, he has said anything about the legitimate political discourse. Um, what I'm going to guess is you're going to see a lot of local Paul politicians just not not say anything they're just going to drop drop their head or try to uh, avoid the question because it's kind of a it's kind of a no-win situation for them no matter what what they say they're going to get condemned on one side so that certainly got most of the headlines from the rnc meeting on friday but that wasn't the only news they also pulled out of the presidential debates as they're currently organized the Rules Committee advanced a rule uh, and uh, that basically says that they're not going to be involved in any debate sponsored by the Presidential Debate Commission. The reasoning they say is they feel that it is biased against them. There were some moderators in the past who have had ties to two people debating during this last time. One, one of the moderators uh, had worked for Joe Biden um, and they didn't think that that was fair. Um, another thing, an, another one of their objections is that a lot of the debates happened after people had already started voting and they have a point. The problem is that's getting it swallowed up in whether or not this is about Trump and whether he wants to debate or not. All right, Brian Schott, thank you so much for talking to us. Sure. And Bethany Rogers reports on a sweeping new election security bill and how it would change the way Utahns vote. This is Bethany at the Capitol. A Utah legislator on Thursday unveiled an election security bill that, among other things, would require first-time voters to present photo identification before casting a ballot. The measure, sponsored by Republican House Representative John Hawkins, would also mandate round-the-clock video surveillance at ballot drop boxes. Mail-in voters would have to include additional information with their ballots by writing their driver license number or the last four digits of their social security number on their return envelopes. The legislation comes amid a push in many GOP states to add voter restrictions. However, Utah Governor Spencer Cox has condemned these efforts and says election security does not have to mean limiting access to the ballot. A Republican leader in the Utah House, which will consider the proposal first, predicted that legislators in coming days will tweak the bill to, quote, the point where we feel comfortable. On Friday, Utah health officials reported that 782 people remained hospitalized because of COVID-19. Just over 2,800 people had tested positive on Friday, much higher than most days during the last two years, but a sharp drop after January's record high of more than 13,000 cases in a single day. And today marks the beginning of the fourth week of the Utah legislature's annual general session. The sprint of lawmaking ends on March 4th, while Governor Spencer Cox has until March 24th to sign or veto any of the bills. Thanks to the Tribunes, Joelle Cardenas for editing the Daily Buzz, and a big shout out to Salt Lake City's own The Pelicans for our music. Have a great day and be sure to tune back in tomorrow.